Deja vu. More classified pages found at President Biden's Delaware home as the Justice Department launches a probe. I signed an order appointing Robert Hur a special counsel. How will this investigation change Biden's presidency? And top priority, House Republicans launch their own probes into the Biden administration. I am concerned about ethics and transparency in the federal government. Does that apply to both sides of the aisle? I'll speak to the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, Republican James Comer, and then the committee's top Democrat, Jamie Raskin, ahead. Plus, hitting the limit, House Republicans make plans to try to limit the fallout if they carry through on their threat to only raise the debt ceiling accompanied by spending cuts. We've got to change the way we are spending money wastefully in this country. Is the U.S. headed for fiscal catastrophe? Hello, I'm Jake Tapper in Washington, where the State of Our Union is classified. Today, President Biden is in Atlanta, focused on the legacy of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., but here in Washington, the president is facing sharp political headwinds of his own making. On Saturday, the White House announced that five more pages of classified documents had been discovered at the president's home in Greenville, Delaware, that's a suburb of Wilmington, Thursday night, and immediately turned over to the Department of Justice, which had just launched a special counsel investigation earlier that day, bringing the total to approximately 20 classified records found there and in President Biden's private office in Washington. Saturday's announcement by the White House heightened questions about repeated delays in informing the public about the discoveries of these classified documents. And so weeks or months before the president seems likely to announce his re-election campaign, he finds himself under the microscope from an independent investigator and from House Republicans who downplayed the much bigger trove of more than 300 classified documents found at former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort and the year-long effort by the federal government to recover them, those House Republicans are making it clear that now they want in on the investigating two of President Biden. Joining me now to discuss the incoming chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, Republican James Comer of Kentucky. Mr. Chairman, thanks for joining us. Let's start on the news yesterday that five additional pages of classified documents were found at President Biden's residence in that Wilmington suburb, in a room adjacent to the garage. What's your reaction to this latest development? Well, my concern is that a special counsel was called for, but yet hours after that, we still had the president's personal attorneys who have no security clearance still rummaging around the the president's residence looking for things. I mean, that would essentially be a crime scene, so to speak after the appointment of a special counsel. So, you know, we have a lot of questions for uh, the National Archives. We have a lot of questions for the Department of Justice, and hopefully we'll be getting some answers very soon. So you just, uh, just this morning, uh, you have a new letter to the White House Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, uh, demanding more information about these classified documents. What more do you want to know? We want to know uh, the visitor logs to the residents. We want to know who had access Uh, to the Biden Center for Diplomacy, because uh, this is the same uh, type of uh, investigation that the Democrats were so outraged and and launched and demanded happen to to President Trump. What we see with President Biden is there are multiple locations. Uh, We would never have known about the possession of the classified documents were it not for investigative reporting by CBS that uh, somehow uh, got a leak to determine that this had happened prior to the election. So the administration hasn't been transparent about what's going on with President Biden's uh, possession of classified documents 
and uh, we just want equal treatment here uh, with respect to how both uh, former President Trump and current President Biden are being treated with uh, with the document issue. I'll, I'll get to the Trump in a second, but I just want to be clear here. Are you accusing President Biden or anyone on his team of breaking the law? Well, we don't know exactly uh, yet whether they broke the law or not. I will accuse the Biden administration of not being transparent. Why didn't we hear about this on November 2nd when the first batch of classified documents were discovered? Remember, uh, they were quick to call for a special counsel prior to the midterm elections. And Joe Biden used as his closing argument during the midterm elections that Republicans were a threat to democracy. And he cited the the fact that uh, President Trump mishandled the, the documents. While he was doing this, he knew very well that he himself had possession of classified documents. So the hypocrisy here is great. We're very concerned about a lack of transparency. We're very concerned, as I've said many times, about a two-tier system of justice in America. And we just want equal treatment. And hopefully we'll get some answers very soon. So just to give the the answer that the Trump lawyers gave, because I have also been asking uh, why did it take so long for them to disclose this, given the fact that uh, uh, Biden attorneys, rather, I said Biden, I said Trump, I meant Biden, that Biden attorneys discovered this November 2nd, I think, uh, and we didn't find out about it until, until January. And the explanation from Biden's attorneys are, uh, they, they, there's, a, there's a balance here between wanting to disclose and also not wanting to impede any Department of Justice investigation, uh, because when you announce it, then you... Uh, are getting potentially in the way of investigators when it comes to witnesses and such. That's what they say. Uh, hard to believe. I would consider that the fact that it was right before a midterm election, a very important midterm election that was close, that was going to determine the balance of power in Congress. Uh, the fact that they had uh, they were quick to call for a special counsel with with Trump. Uh, you know it it. Seems political here. It seems uh, hypocritical. It seems like a double standard. And, and that's our concern. I have jurisdiction as chairman of the House Oversight Committee over the National Archives. This is the agency that, that's, that I'm most frustrated with, to be honest with you, Jake, because they have not been transparent at all. Uh, they should be briefing both myself and now ranking member Raskins, who will be your next guest on the show, about what's going on here. They never did tell us about November 2nd. We've asked questions about uh, what went on with Mar-a-Lago. Why was Mar-a-Lago raided, but uh, the president's home not? Why are the president's lawyers still allowed to go rummage through looking for documents after a special counsel has been appointed? It doesn't make sense. It's not fair. We just want equal treatment. So let's go there because you're talking about the Trump documents. Former President Trump is under an investigation for his own classified documents. There are about 20 in the case of Biden. For Trump, there are, about, there are more than 300 classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. A big difference here, uh, just on the facts, Trump did not fully comply with the subpoena. His lawyers falsely told investigators that they turned everything in. Um, take a listen to what you told CNN about this situation last November. I don't know much about that. That's not something that uh, we've requested information just to see what was going on, because I don't know what documents were at Mar-a-Lago. So, you know, that's something we're just waiting to see what comes out on that. But is it fair to say that investigation won't be a priority? That will not be a priority. So what do you say to viewers who don't understand why President Biden's documents seem like a big priority for you, 
But President Trump, who took hundreds more documents, did not comply with the subpoena, did not reach out to the National Archives or the Justice Department to say, hey, we found these documents. It's not a priority. Do you only care about classified documents being mishandled when Democrats do the mishandling? Absolutely not. Look, we still don't know what type of documents President Trump had. That's one of the questions we've asked National Archives. Just because Joe Biden's lawyers said they turned over five documents doesn't mean they just turned over five documents. They could have turned over 500 documents. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't have a lot of confidence in President Biden's personal lawyers. At the end of the day, the National Archives implied to us uh, at former Chairman Maloney's request and told us that the National Archives was working with the Trump administration during the transition. That's the last communication we had uh, with whether or not the archives had worked with Trump on uh, removal of of all the documents from the White House. So we don't know exactly what uh, Trump has versus what Biden has. At the end of the day, my biggest concern isn't the classified documents, to be honest with you. My concern is how there's such a discrepancy in how former President Trump was treated by raiding Mar-a-Lago, by getting the security cameras, by taking pictures of documents on the on the floor, by going through Melania's closet versus Joe Biden. They're like, okay, you, you're, you're personal lawyers who don't have security clearance. You know, they can go through, they can just keep yeah. looking and keep looking and, and you know determine whatever's there. That's not equal treatment. And we're very concerned And there's a lack of trust here at the Department of Justice by House Republicans. That's the outrage. So I I get that. But there's a big difference in how President Biden and his team reacted and how President Trump and his team reacted. The FBI searched Mar-a-Lago because Trump for more than a year refused to turn over documents to the National Archives and the Justice Department, which was trying to get them back into secure hands. Trump and his lawyers lied about it. Trump lied about not having classified documents, did not keep them in a secure location, did not comply with a subpoena, but said he had. And that that search warrant, which Trump forced out into the open through his legal machinations, that cited laws that Trump might have violated, including the Espionage Act. It's my understanding that President Trump did let the National Archives go through on numerous occasions, Mar-a-Lago looking at the documents, what my understanding is, and again, we don't know because we haven't been briefed, was that President Trump was arguing with National Archives over what is classified and what is not. As we've heard the president say before, the president has the authority to declassify documents. Now, the question is whether or not the president actually declassified the documents. The vice president does not have the authority to declassify Actually, the vice, the vice president so, does you know, have There's a big do, difference The here. vice president does... I'm not saying the vice president does have that authority. We disagree that the vice president does. But just just to put a first of all, you're asking for the visitors logs at President Biden's Greenville uh, outside Wilmington, Delaware home. Are you also asking for the visitor logs at Mar-a-Lago? Because the issue of whether or not sources and methods are compromised, whether or not any of these documents got into the wrong hands, whether or not Biden or Trump uh, allowed documents to be kept in a haphazard way. That exists, period. And I'm wondering why the request for visitor logs in Greenville, but not in Mar-a-Lago? Well, we're doing the Biden family influence peddling investigation. And I can tell you what we've learned 
just in the last few days from Biden's mishandling of classified documents is that the Biden Center was funded primarily through anonymous donations from China. Was it the Biden Center or University of Pennsylvania? I know the University of Pennsylvania had... It was the University of Pennsylvania that funneled it through the Biden Center. And then you have the... The, the Biden Center says they didn't get any money from, from Chinese anonymous do- donations. I mean, I, I get that schools get money the, from Chinese donations, the, but this and there is, is a pattern here. Well, you're, where is you're, the, what the American people are going to see from our investigation is a pattern of anonymous donations going to Hunter's business deals, to the Biden Center, to the artwork that Hunter sold at that art gallery in New York. There's a pattern here of anonymous sources of money flowing into the Biden's pockets and Biden interest. And it's very concerning. This is a national security risk. That's my biggest concern. And that's why we're pressing forward with this investigation. So I, I guess uh, the average American uh, who doesn't really care whether the person you're investigating has a D or an R next to their name might listen to this interview and think, I don't have any problem with anything he's investigating when it comes to Biden, but how come he's not investigating all the same stuff when it comes to Trump? I mean, there are questions about influence peddling when it comes to the Trump family. There's questions about visitor logs when it comes to Mar-a-Lago. I mean, if you are going to be doing uh, the Oversight and Accountability Committee, which you've renamed for the American people, not just for Republicans, it would seem to me that all of it Mm -hmm. should be investigated. And I think the influence peddling with respect to the Trump administration will be a part of our overall investigation because both Democrats and Republicans have complained about this with the previous two administrations. So something needs to be done. Also, something needs to be done with respect to how classified documents leave the White House and go to the post-presidency or post-vice presidency. That's another issue we try to we will try to fix uh, from a legislative point of view. But with respect to investigating President Trump, there have been so many investigations of President Trump. I don't feel like we need to spend a whole lot of time investigating President Trump because the Democrats have done that for the past six years. So no one's been investigated more than Donald Trump. Who hasn't been investigated is Joe Biden. And that's why we're finally launching an investigation of Joe Biden, the House Oversight Committee, one investigation, and I hope to have it wrapped up as soon as possible. All right. Um, Let's move on to another issue, um, because Treasury Secretary Yellen said just a few days ago that the U.S. will formally hit the debt limit next week and could default on its debt as soon as June. Uh, We've just learned that House Republicans are working on a plan to direct the Treasury Department to keep funding uh, bare bones necessities such as interest payments and the military if Republicans in the House refuse to raise the debt limit and the country cannot pay its bills in June, you know how potentially destructive to the American economy it could be if we default uh, or any of these measures, really. And I get you want to have spending cuts, too. But why aren't Republicans uh, working with Senate Democrats to bring down spending to avoid this disaster instead of planning for the best way to manage the disaster? Well, we hope that this is avoided. We hope that the Senate, uh, Democrats and Republicans, will agree to spending cuts. Look, this has to stop. We cannot continue to operate with these types of deficits. Our national debt is one of our biggest threats to our national security. Uh, China continues to have leverage over us because of the basic financial strength of their uh, overall economy versus ours with respect to the national debt. So Republicans were elected uh, with a mandate from the American people in the midterm elections. We campaigned on the fact that we were going to be serious about spending cuts. So the Senate's going to have to recognize the fact that we're not going to budge 
until we see meaningful reform with respect to spending. We keep learning things that Speaker McCarthy apparently agreed to during the speaker fight uh, last week. Uh, these side deals with members of the, of the insurgent group, the rebels. This revelation about the debt ceiling just came out. Uh, also, we just learned from Congressman Matt Gates about a separate agreement to release more footage from January 6th. Do you know what else McCarthy agreed to? And why not just disclose? Why, why shouldn't he just disclose everything he agreed to? I mean, these are things. It's not Kevin McCarthy's house. It's the people's house. Right. I mean, these things are not his to give. It's, it's the speakership. Mm-hmm. Why not just, you know, in the interest of being transparent? Well, yeah, I, I wasn't a part of the group of 20. I don't know exactly what uh, they were negotiating or not negotiating, but I'll say this. What the American people got to see last week was what really goes on behind closed doors in Washington and in state legislatures. I served in the Kentucky General Assembly for over a decade. The same things happen. Uh, You have arguments. You have, uh, you know, heated debates going back and forth. Uh, You have a lot of uh, giving and taking to try to get to a consensus. And it's always hard to get to a consensus with a room full of politicians. Even our founding fathers uh, had the same type of problem. But this is the first time we had, you know, a lot of cameras and a lot of media uh, and it was played out in real time. So, you know, I'm not concerned about any of the concessions that Kevin McCarthy made, because at the end of the day, the majority of our Republican conference are serious about spending cuts. And we recognize that our national debt is one of the biggest threats to our the future of our democracy. So we have to focus on making spending cuts. We have to live within our means. And that battle starts today. Uh, last question for you, sir. Seven of your fellow House Republicans have called for Congressman George Santos to step down. Former House Speaker Paul Ryan told me a couple days ago that Santos was a fraudulent candidacy and he should step down. Should he? Look, he, he's, a, he's a bad guy. This is something that, uh, you know, it's really bad. Uh, he's not the first politician, unfortunately, to, to make it to Congress to lie. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren wasn't truthful about her ethnicity. And I could go on and on. But look, uh, George Santos was duly elected by the people. Uh, he's going to be under strict ethics investigations, not necessarily for lying, but for his campaign finance uh, potential violation. So I think that uh, Santos is being examined thoroughly. It's his decision whether or not he should resign. It's not my decision, but uh, certainly I, I don't approve of uh, how he made his way to Congress. And I haven't even introduced myself to him because, uh, you know, it's pretty despicable the lies that he told. But at the end of the day, it's not up to me or any other member of Congress uh, to, to determine whether he could be kicked out for lying. Now, if he broke campaign finance laws, then he will be removed from Congress. Chairman Comer, thank you so much for being with us today. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. What are the House Democrats thinking on the strategy when it comes to these new Republican investigations? The top Democrat on the House Oversight Committee, Congressman Jamie Raskin, will join us to respond to his colleague, Chairman Comer, next. And what would happen if America breaches its debt ceiling? We're gonna, we might be about to find out. Stay with us. Welcome back to State of the Union. I'm Jake Tapper. This week, it was Democrats facing questions about the drip, drip, drip news of classified documents disclosures by the current White House. But now in the House, Democrats are in the minority, and they've been forced to sit back and watch as Republican investigations move forward, whether Democrats like it or not. Joining us now, the top Democrat on the House Oversight Committee, Maryland Congressman uh, Jamie Raskin. Uh, Congressman Raskin, we have a lot to cover. uh, But first, of course, this is the first time I've spoken to you 
uh, since you announced uh, that you've been diagnosed with a form of lymphoma, which you called serious but curable. I know the chemo has started. How are you feeling? How's your prognosis? Well, thank you for asking me, Jake. I am hanging tough. Uh, My energy is good. Um, I'm losing about 40 or 50 hairs a day, I would think, um, to chemo. So that's uh, upsetting. But otherwise, I'm hanging tough. And the doctors are very optimistic. And I'm very optimistic that the the chemo is going to get the cancer. All right. Well, I'm just speaking on behalf of all of us, including uh, Chairman Comer, uh, who who has said very nice things about you in the context of this. Uh, We're all rooting for you. Um, let, let's proceed with the interview, though, if we could. I want to get your reaction to what you and just... And I, I should say... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, that, that uh, Chairman Comer has been very kind to me, and I've gotten lots of support across the aisle and from all my colleagues, and I'm very grateful for that. That's nice to hear. Um, let's get your reaction to what you just heard from Chairman Comer about President Biden's handling uh, uh, or mishandling of classified information. Well, I think every American has an interest in seeing that... Uh, classified documents are properly handled by whoever's president and by any administration. And all we're looking for is equal treatment. Um, You know, we were delighted to learn that the president's lawyers, the moment they found out about the documents that day, turned them over to the National Archives and uh, ultimately to the Department of Justice. That is a very different posture than what we saw with Donald Trump, where he was fighting for a period of more than eight months to not turn over uh, hundreds of missing documents that the archives was asking about. He defied a government subpoena and they ended up having to go to court to get a court issued uh, subpoena to go and search Mar-a-Lago. So that's just a completely different posture. So when my friend, Mr. Comer says, we're just looking for equal treatment, that's all we're looking for. I think it's good that this is in the hands of special counsels on both sides and the special counsels, you know, are both uh, trustworthy lawyers who I think will get to the bottom of it. Comer uh, raises an interesting question, which is why the president's lawyers who do not have security clearances doing these searches uh, at the Penn Biden Center here in Washington at the president's uh, Greenville, Delaware uh, home. Uh, w- why are they? I mean, they don't have the proper security clearance. Shouldn't FBI agents or Justice Department officials actually be doing the searching? Well, that's one of the things we can look at. What is the proper thing for a former president to do uh, if he finds that there are uh, government documents or classified documents that are in his possession? Uh, And my understanding is they did the right thing by immediately alerting the archives and turning them over uh, that day. But maybe there's a, a different procedure for dealing with them that we are unaware of. And that's a meaningful thing that we could look at. Um. But obviously, we don't want to turn this into just a political football. And uh, it's a a bit disturbing to me that people who are saying there was no problem with what Donald Trump did, which was to defiantly reject any cooperation and turning over hundreds of classified documents are upset about President Biden's voluntary and rapid turnover of a handful of documents that they found. Well, speaking of political footballs, take a listen to President Biden's reaction last year when he was asked on 60 Minutes about the classified documents found at Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. How that could possibly happen, how anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? Just uh, totally irresponsible. Now we learn that President Biden had roughly 20 classified documents, including some marked 
top secret in three different locations by Biden's own standard. Wasn't Biden totally irresponsible with classified information? And aren't we right to wonder, to use Biden's words, quote, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? Well, and I think we'll get to the bottom of all of that. I mean, that's why special counsel uh, has been appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland. He did the right thing there to look into it. Um, You know, I'm hoping that we will keep a sense of symmetry about our analysis of these situations and a sense of proportion about the underlying offenses. There's some people who are trying to compare uh, having a government document um, that should no longer be in your possession to inciting uh, a violent insurrection against the government of the United States. And those are obviously completely different things. That's apples and oranges. So we should keep a, a sense of proportion and measure about what we're talking about. Uh, the the uh, first batch of documents uh, was found on November 2nd, a week before the midterms, but the public didn't learn about it until it was reported in the press just this past week. And even then, the White House did acknowledge that a second batch of documents had been found in December until that, too, leaked. Uh, I mean, Chairman Comer has a point when he says we learned about this because CBS News reported on it and then everybody else followed and got that information. Uh, now we've learned they found more documents than previously disclosed in a third location. Uh, It's hard to argue that the administration's been transparent and told the American people about this as soon as they could have. Well, of course, I mean, it was a very rapid clip at which we learned about it compared to the Trump case where he fought it for nearly a year or perhaps over a year. And and, uh, the government investigators had to go to court in order to get a subpoena to go to Mar-a-Lago to get Uh, dozens of boxes of classified material and government documents that were being held down there. So, look, I don't know yet, and I'm hoping our investigations will reveal what you're supposed to do if one of these documents uh, surfaces. Obviously, uh, presidents and vice presidents are able to take those documents while they are president or vice president home with them. And if some of them get mixed in with their other stuff, well, then they're there. And then the question is, what do you do with them afterwards? And I've not seen uh, a set of protocols or procedures that defines what exactly should happen. But I'm satisfied that President Biden's lawyers did the right thing in immediately contacting the archives and turning them over, as well as over to the Department of Justice. Well, you're satisfied. Chairman Comer didn't sound like he had much confidence in, in Biden's attorneys. But let me ask you another question, because we're learning all these side deals that Kevin McCarthy made to, to secure the speakership. Uh, Republican Congressman Matt Gates uh, said that McCarthy promised him he would release all of the Capitol security footage from January 6th. What do you make of that deal? And as someone who has seen this footage, presumably all of it, do you think it should be released? Is there any issue with it? Well, on the oversight committee, and I think uh, Chairman Comer just restated this himself, what we're interested in is transparency. And America needs absolute transparency to everything that uh, Speaker McCarthy gave away to that rampaging right wing faction from the Freedom Caucus uh, on his way to assembling finally a majority after uh, all of those ballots that we saw on the House floor. I mean, the first thing that they did was to give a huge gift to millionaire tax cheats by undermining IRS enforcement. Right. But what about what about the footage? It looks like. uh, Yeah. But again, I haven't seen exactly what was extracted or what was uh, demanded, you know, and uh, my interest has always been in turning over 
everything that we saw uh, during the January 6th investigation. There are different legal requirements governing different kinds of material that are in there. Um, but look, the people have a right to know if they want to rerun the January 6th investigation, uh, <clears throat> then more power to them because all roads lead to the exact same place. Donald Trump refused to accept no for an answer from the American people and tried to overthrow the 2020 election. If they think that Antifa was really behind it and Donald Trump, then they can have at it. And we would love to be part of such an investigation. Congressman Jamie Raskin, thanks for joining us. And again, all of us are, 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 are praying and sending you our best wishes when it comes to your health. Thank you very much, Jake. It means a lot to me. President Biden is uh, trying to turn the page today. Well, at work, my panel joins me next. I decided that appointing a special counsel was the best way to complete the investigation appropriately. Before the election, as you know, uh, I designated uh, John Durham as a special counsel. Today, I signed an order appointing Jack Smith to serve as special counsel. I'm here today to announce the appointment of Robert Herr as a special counsel. Four special counsels in the last five or so years? Doesn't feel that special to me. My panel joins me now here on State of the Union. So um, Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed two special counsels, two separate ones to look into the classified material in, in, uh, in uh, scandals, controversies, whatever you want to call them, by Trump and by Biden. Um, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, are they, you know, it seems to me like, well, let's, let's compare the two because these are the points that some of your friends in the White House want to make. Biden, approximately 20 documents. Trump, at least 325 Biden, some top secret, Trump, 60 top secret. Biden, apparently cooperating with the archives and DOJ. Trump, under investigation for obstruction. Biden, the lawyers found the documents and alerted the archives. Trump, the archives reached out and asked for docs, and then it became a whole messy thing. Um, Obviously, there are differences. But in both, you have people taking documents out of the White House that they shouldn't have taken. Sure. And no one is going to defend taking documents that are classified. But the point is that the president is fully cooperating and he did everything that the procedures required from what we can tell. As soon as those documents were found, he reported them to law enforcement. And I think if President Trump had done the same thing, this would be a non-issue. I mean, fully cooperated at the point where they found the documents. How many years did they lay in that office or lay in the garage? or Six years, I wherever? think. Wherever. And so the truth is Joe Biden had his documents out in the open. For I mean, heck, they even had him on a campaign video, shooting videos of his sitting in his Corvette. You could see right into his garage. And so, yeah, I, I agree uh, that they appear to be cooperating now, but that's because, that's because they, got, they have no choice. They got caught. What they're not being is transparent. And every day they run the White House press secretary out there to tell us they're being transparent, that it's been completed, whatever. And then the next day we find out something else. This is, this is totally politically neutralized, this, and everybody knows it. Neutralized the, the, the Trump yes, scandal. of course. So th- let me just show, he was referring to the, the photograph of the Biden garage. I don't know what your garage looks like, but here's, <laughs> here's the photograph. So there's Biden and his sweet 1967 Stingray. But look on the back left there. I don't know if we can push in there, but that looks like a mess. That's worse than my garage. <laughs> that's worse than my garage. I mean, that's not where, I don't know exactly where the documents are in that garage, but that does not look like what a secure location would be. No, I think we should mark this day in history because I agree with Scott in that. um, (laughs) I do think this is a little politically neutralizing for Trump and Biden. The difference is when you go to law school, they give you fact patterns. And these are two different fact patterns, but very similar. 
It's about willingness. It's about knowing. It's about the intent. Biden has said that he did not know these documents were there. And it appears that former President Trump knowingly took these documents and didn't have the authority to declassify them the way he said he did. And I think those are distinctions. But when it comes to the day-to-day coverage of this, I'm not sure that it actually matters to the American people. But I do think this administration is trying to be transparent. The one line I wish they just would say was that we are searching everywhere to ensure that any, if there is a potential for any classified documents, we are turning them over to the archives and DOJ. Sarah, I'm interested in your perspective, both as somebody who worked for Trump, who might have some insight into how the 300-plus documents ended up in Mar-a-Lago, but also as a communications professional, how you think the Biden people are handling it. So I will say, I think that the Biden people are handling it um, kind of poorly, just because Biden, when he was asked about um, finding documents in his garage, he was quite flippant in his response. He said, oh, well, you know, I keep my Corvette in a locked garage. Okay, well, why are there classified documents in your garage? And it wasn't just his garage. It was other um, locations, his office um, as well. And so I think um, that should have I would imagine, though, the White House did give him talking points on it, but I think he probably got upset and went a little bit off script, and that's where you got yeah, that. Don't you know how much I love my Corvette? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, so that was not the appropriate way to handle it. This is a very serious issue. We're talking about classified material, you know, that was out in the open for six years, as Scott noted. And um, that is a serious concern. And I do think, too, while the Biden administration is cooperating, which is a difference that we saw compared to Trump, Um, there is a little bit of a transparency issue because they need to answer for why did these um, documents that were found two months ago just become uh, publicly disclosed Mm -hmm. now. They have not answered that. We should know why they waited so long to publicly disclose the findings of these documents. Yeah, I think one of the Biden lawyers said something about, like, they didn't want to compromise the Department of Justice investigation, but I'm still (laughs) not sure I completely uh, comprehend that. Every, everyone stick around. Uh, we're going to keep talking. Uh, we keep hearing more about these side deals that Kevin McCarthy made to secure the speaker's gavel. What else did he agree to? That's next. Can you guarantee that Republicans will provide votes necessary to uh, raise the debt ceiling and avoid... Uh... Look, we want to make sure... We're... We don't want to put any fiscal uh, problems to our economy, and we won't. But we, what we're, fiscal problems would be continuing to do business as usual. Welcome back to State of the Union. We're learning about another deal that House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made in order to secure the votes to become Speaker. He's going to pass a contingency plan for the U.S. Department of the Treasury in case the debt ceiling is, in fact, breached and the U.S. risks defaulting on its loans. I'm back with my panel. So Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen sent a letter Friday to Speaker uh, McCarthy, urging Congress to raise the debt ceiling and saying the U.S. could default on its debt as soon as June. She wrote, quote, failure to meet the government's obligations would cause irreparable harm to the U.S. economy, the livelihoods of all Americans and global financial stability. Yeah, and I think that this is a prime opportunity to put the focus back on Republicans about failing the American people. The McCarthy has control of the House. We know if we default on our debt, it will not just on our domestic economy, but on the global economy and just the belief in America as the great country that we are will send waves throughout the entire globe. And if McCarthy plays politics here, he will go the exact opposite of what he said he was going to do for the American people and why he deserved to be speaker. And that would be 
collapse our economy and many other components. Let me ask you a question. I agree with you we shouldn't default on our debt. Do you think it was right of the White House this week and leading Democrats to say there'll be no negotiations over this? No negotiations at all. After all, the Republicans did win the House. They did win the national popular vote in the House. The American people are clearly worried about our national debt and our spending. Don't you think it'd be wise for the other party, now that we're in divided government, to at least open the idea of a negotiation over reducing spending a little? Let's turn, sure, but, let's turn but, to a congressman here. Yeah. But not, not overpaying our bills. I mean, this is pretty simple. Look, here's what the Republicans are saying. You got credit card debt, and they're saying, well, we'll pay half of it, but not the other half. And most people know your interest rates are still going to spike. You pay your debt. If you want to debate about future spending, do we want to have defense cuts? Do we want to have spending cuts? That's a legitimate debate. Uh, I will disagree with them, but that's a debate. But you don't debate whether you pay your debts. You don't debate the prestige of the United States. And by the way, the Biden administration has other options if they're not going to play fair. I mean, they can uh, increase the uh, interest rates on the bonds. I mean, there are a lot of other options that they will have. They will make sure, we will make sure we don't default. Well, let me ask you, because... We spend, as a government, more than we take in, right? I mean, we have these crazy deficits, crazy national debt. It's $30 trillion right now. The interest that we pay prevents us from funding school lunches or whatever. Isn't it time that Congress take this seriously? And would the Republicans be irresponsible for not forcing this conversation? It is absolutely time. Bill Clinton left this country with budget surpluses. Then what happened? Because he was forced to. No, but then what happened? We got into two wars, the Iraq war. We had the Bush tax cuts and the Trump tax cuts. Let's start with reversing the Bush and Trump tax cuts and not getting this country into endless wars. I don't think any Republican wants to see us default on our debt. But I do think that the Biden administration needs to come to the negotiating table. Um, As Scott mentioned, Republicans did win the House, sure, by a slim majority. But I think that they should negotiate in good faith. It's not fair for them to just say, oh, no, Republicans need to do this with no conditions. I also do think, though, there is going to be a large focus on, you know, the far right MAGA Republicans who um, have said that they voted for um, McCarthy for the speakership to um, if as long as he agreed that there would be spending cuts with a deal to raise the debt ceiling. But I do think that um, we should be focusing on moderate Republicans as well, because you've seen moderate Republicans such as Brian Fitzpatrick say that they would be willing to work with um, Democrats as well on a deal. There are other mechanisms in place where they could force a bill to the floor. Yeah, discharge Um, petition. Exactly. And so I think there's going to be a lot of um, focus on the far right MAGA Republicans and the spectacle that that's going to create. But I do think at the end of the day, a deal will get done. So, I mean, what she's referring to, there's a, a thing called a discharge petition. If all 212 Democrats sign this discharge petition, they're joined by six Republicans. They force it onto the floor for a vote, and that's the end of that. Then all the 218 can vote for it, and that would be the end of the crisis. Uh, I don't know if Democrats are going to do that, though. I mean, it's in the interest of the United States for that to happen, but I think Democrats probably, I'd have to talk to uh, Leader Jeffries to see what he thinks, but they think that this is up to the Republicans to solve. They have the majority. Well, I do think that they have the majority, but it wasn't, to your point, it's a slim majority, and I don't think they should overplay their hand here. I mean, we still kept uh, Congress, we kept a lot of governorships, in this midterm. And so to think that the American people are overwhelmingly with this MAGA Republican, the problem is, is that Kevin McCarthy plays to the MAGA Republicans also. And so as he's the person that is supposed to be, you know, helping negotiate this uh, deal, 
he's going to be paying attention to the problem makers in the caucus versus the more moderates who would be reasonable and want to negotiate. Can I ask you a question? Do you think it's unreasonable that I want to know all the side deals that Kevin McCarthy agreed to? I mean, is that is that like I mean, we're, we're talking about transparency, you know, release the visitor logs uh, at Biden's Greenville, Delaware State. Great. I'm all for transparency. Why not just like release all the, a list of all these deals? We keep finding them out and drip, drip, drip. Matt Gates does a tweet. We find out about stuff. Yeah, no, not unreasonable. And uh, and also, again, I'll just go back to the divided government issue. Just because they made deals in the House doesn't mean they have any chance of becoming law. So to me, it, it's totally reasonable to say uh, what things were negotiated and how they relate to the principles that the Republicans ran on to win the House in the first place. And last question for you. Should George Santos resign? He should. And I, I don't understand why more people on the Republican side don't say that. I mean, this story is just going to keep going and going and going. It doesn't help them. Isn't there part of the Democratic Party that likes it? Don't you get to say, George Santos, Republicans, you're all liars like George Santos, you're all common like George Santos? You know, in a, in a narrow partisan interest, but you know what happens at the end of the day? More people say, hey, all these members of Congress, they can't tell the truth. It hurts everyone in Congress. It hurts the institution. Thanks one and all for being here. A special way that you can mark Martin Luther King Jr. Day with your family, that's next. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. If you're looking for a place to go with family, friends, or by yourself to reflect and mark the holiday, the U.S. National Park Service is waiving all its entrance freeze tomorrow. Check it out at nps.gov. nps.gov. Thanks for spending your Sunday morning with us. The news continues next. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.